This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. It's Friday. It's 11 o'clock. And it's time for the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show. With your host...
kicking things off this week was Johnny Jetson, former Space Age playboy and tattoo millionaire, and his brand new solo single, I Believe in Rock and Roll, from his up-and-coming album, Make Your Move. I say up-and-coming, but for $6, you can download the whole album from Mini Apple Records' Bandcamp site right now. Uh, Johnny will also be playing live over here in Dear Old Blighty come May, June next year. Check press for details. Evening pop pickers, Armitage here, and last weekend saw the Sign Fest over in Stockholm, where a limited 304-track EP was made available from Marvel. Uh, I've already played one of the tracks from it in the uh, shape and form of Marvelous. Well, to make all of us who didn't attend said festival anxious and needy, the record label released another digital track from said EP called Public School 75 that goes something like this. Misery ever since 
let's hope the other two tracks will be made available to us lesser mortals. Uh, a band that sound like they're a Thin Lizzy tribute, or at the very worst, a Beatles tribute circa help, are Dizzy Miz Lizzy. Now, Dizzy Miz Lizzy feature Tim Christensen on guitar and vocals, or as he is referred to by a friend of the show and squirrel associate, God. Uh, the band split up after 10 years of being together in uh, 1998 with the uh, aforementioned Tim Christian carving out a very successful solo career. Fast forward to 2009 and the band reconvened uh, for a year before permanently getting back together again in 2014. Now, like a lot of you, me included, they fly pretty much under the radar, even if they produced the very excellent Forward in Reverse album in 2016. Now, I'm not going to put money on it, but with a new album out in April next year, I'm hopeful that they'll get the recognition that they deserve, apart from their you know, in their native Denmark. From the new album, this is Californian Rain.
on to this week's Covers Corner segmentation. And as with last week, I have four for you to enjoy. Well, actually, technically it's three. But we are getting ahead of ourselves. Up first, as mentioned on last week's show, are the Hit Priests, who have just released a split single with Space Force. Oh, uh, as an aside... Uh, Whilst travelling up to the Troubadour last Friday, I got a couple of texts. One from my daughter asking if Mrs A and myself would go halves on a new pair of trainers as hers are, and I quote, basically ruined. Uh, The other, and more worrying, was from X to Ray that started off with, I don't know if you're still up for who's who. At this point, my heart sank as I thought I'd been rumbled. But fortunately, it continued on the 15th of February. Hugh and double Hugh. I can guarantee that come that weekend, there will be a gig that will need my attendance. So far, uh, the only thing in my diary for the 15th is the 1975 in Nottingham. Fortunately, that only involves my daughter. So anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, Hit Priests. They have covered Saxon's Play It Loud along with a Stand For Nothing outtake of My Damnation. And the truth be told... I prefer my damnation to the Saxon cover. Now, I'm not quite sure what that says about Saxon, the hit priest, or my taste in music. But either way, for two quid, you can download both songs from the Dipsheets Bandcamp site. Or if vinyl is your thing, which I know it is, you can pick up a uh, the uh, Leper Green version or even a test pressing from Speedo Wax Records. Or if you are stateside, Savage Magic Records are your point. Of cool. Don't 
Space Forces contributions are Ignition and their stab at Venom's black metal. Now, these days, Venom are split into two bands, both featuring various original members that might sally their heritage or how important they really were in influencing both Metallica and Slayer. Looking back at them 40 years ago, you uh, might snigger, but like Motorhead in 75, who were a stabling point for pre-punk fans, Venom were the squat for the burgeoning thrash metalers. Uh, with the band able to play five-date sellouts on the trot at Hammersmith Odeon. Anyway, enough of the originators, and let's get on to Space Force's version of the classic.
Back in August on episode 698, I played Cooker and the Hit by Handsome Dick Manitoba from his up-and-coming debut album, Born in the Bronx. Well, another new track popped into my inbox last week in the shape and form of his version of Barry Maguire's 1965 hit, Eve of Destruction. An unusual choice, I thought to myself, but upon playing it, the lyrics and Richard's almost sentimental delivery make it as relevant today as it was 54 years ago. Hate your 
Okay, so we're into the final covers corner straight. And uh, as I alluded to at the start of the segmentation, it's technically not a cover. I shall enlighten you. Uh, as I've just played some handsome Dick Manitoba, I'll use the Dictator's 16 Forever as an example. That track was demoed and recorded at Bearville Studios in Woodstock, New York, on July the 7th, 1978, but not included on the Blood Brothers album that came out the same year. A cassette tape of said song found its way to Sweden and the Nomads recorded it and released it as a single in 1987. Yeah, I wish I had this now. Uh, in 2003, a tribute album to the Nomads was released called 20 Years Too Soon that had the Dictator's recording of 16 Forever on it. One of their own songs in a tribute album for another band. Try and explain that one away. Oh yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, are you still with me? Right, that brings me to the Damned and the Paul Gray penned hit or miss that appeared on the Black Album in 1980. Now, Paul had demoed this song with his previous outfit of Eddie and the Hot Rods in 1979, but with his departure a year later, the Hot Rods didn't take it any further until Hound Dog Records in 1990 issued it along with other demos and alternative versions as the Curse of the Hot Rods LP. Lyrically... Uh, it's the same, but musically, guitarist Graham Douglas and Dave Higgs give it you know, more swing. And according to Paul, this is the version that he enjoys the most. <laughs>
only reason that I played that was because uh, it was posted on Paul's Facebook page last week, along with a few pertinent questions, with me thinking, I haven't played that in a while, and now I have. Something else that made its way onto unsocial media was a question about the Slade compilation album, Slade Smashes. Uh, the questioner wanted to know if anyone else had noticed that the songs on said album were a different mix to what had gone before, with special attention to Take Me Back Home, that he believed sounded like a demo. I have the album in question that was uh, bought for me by my folks as a Christmas present in 1980. Uh, at the time, most of the band's singles uh, had been deleted, apart from that Christmas one. Now, up until the summer of 1980, the late 70s hadn't been kind to Slade chart but with Ozzy Osbourne pulling out of uh, that year's Reading Festival, Slade were added as a last-minute replacement. Well, the band not only stole the show, they also put themselves well and truly back on the map. Clearly... Polydor, their record label, didn't want to miss this golden opportunity to flog more units for very little cost, hence Slade Smashes. I, I can't honestly see uh, the label going to all the trouble to ask for a remix. It it's a single LP that has 10 tracks on each side. The grooves are so close together that if someone tiptoes down our road in ballet shoes... They will cause the needle to jump. Uh, I think a memo was sent out to collate all the singles and hits together, and the bod at the other end unintentionally picked up the wrong take for Take Me Back Home. Uh, one of the gu guitar overdubs, uh, for whatever reason, is missing, and uh, I think it's a different vocal track to boot. But don't take my word for it. Here's the one from Slade Smashes. <laughs>
and here's the beginning from the single normal version. all this stuff with unintentional different mixes and releases uh, another thing i love as you know is going out and actually buying records the anticipation the thrill of it all obviously i haven't a local high street record shop these days and uh, hmv and bromley might not cater to my needs but uh, even if it's through amazon or the band in question's own website i look forward to the text from mrs a when i'm at work informing me that a record has arrived. Sometimes, though, uh, thanks to on-the-ball record labels and bands themselves vying for my attention, I get emailed a fair old few albums uh, a few weeks before they get officially released, which, to a degree, as a consumer, you know, does spoil it for me. However, having said that, uh, I've had the new Jane the Stark album, Angel in the Flames, for at least six weeks and have been drip-feeding you new tracks as and when from it uh, i guess in this instance anticipation and the thrill via proxy anyway this sunday as in the 17th of november future streaming and downloading listeners instead of the repeat of this here show you're going to get the interview i conducted with main janice stark man gears butts interspersed with relevant songs and tunes uh, the whole show runs for an hour and 20 minutes so rock radio uk listeners you're going to get the trimmed down version uh, the whole interview is there, but due to time constraints, I've edited the songs down. Uh, and in case of the live UK subtract, that's missing altogether. However, the long-form show will be available on Podbean and Spotify about midday for you to stream and download to your heart's content. One of the things discussed was Gizzy's time with uh, the UK subs and that he started to write a couple of tunes with Charlie Harper. What didn't come up? was that one of them became Enemy Lines, the first track of the Great Adventure Cigar album. Never analyze 
Common sense I've realized In time I found my way My way to the enemy lines My way to the Send the show as it was pre-recorded to uh, both Giz and uh, Time and Matter Recordings out of common courtesy with the request that if they spotted anything wrong, not to tell me so I can continue to live in ignorance. Turns out I played How Does It Feel from The Last Supper live in Belfast album instead of, as I stated, Securicore. So... Don't forget to tune in 9 o'clock Sunday morning to hear all things Gizbutt and Janus Stark. Uh, something that had me all weak at the knees last weekend was the news of the Johnny Moped live album, Trafalgar Square 1983, that Damaged Goods Records will be issuing next month. The tapes have been culled from original Moped drummer Dave Burke's personal collection. Now, uh, this lineup. Doesn't feature guitarist Slimy Toad or original bassist Fred Burke. Only Johnny and Dave from the classic psychedelic era remain with new recruits of Eddie Turtle and Mark Lemming, a.k.a. Mark Pastolopopoulos, a.k.a. Mark Power on guitars and Adrian Winchester on bass duties. What's unique to this lineup? is the previously unrecorded song that Mark wrote called Fox Hunters. Oh, I have a cassette of it somewhere with the mopeds rehearsing it. Fortunately, the song finally gets an official release as it's on the Trafalgar Square LP. You want to hear it, don't you? Oh, well, all right then. I sure got this song, Green Post.
Yes, thank you very much, Johnny. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, last Friday I popped up to the Troubadour in Ells Court on my way to see the Brian James book signing gig. Brian isn't renowned for reeling off gig after gig in the same year. Uh, normally it's just the one at the 100 Club uh, in July to mark the anniversary of the Dam's first appearance there. This year, as uh, as reported on episode 700, I found it to be uh, like an oversized raincoat. Does the job, but doesn't look or feel right. Uh, as I've said more than once, I'm not wanting to labour the point, the missing ingredient is a frontman of stiff or vanian silk. And let's face it, Brian's Drug gold twice, doing it for a third time, I think is uh, highly unlikely. If, on the other hand, he was based in the States, I would hope he would have been calling either Adam Karov or Jake Hoots, but he isn't. Uh, the set starts off pretty much like uh, the 100 Club, with Brian playing a slow, stripped-down version of Alone that uh, he tells us afterwards originally was written when he was in Bastard, his pre-damned outfit, after which it's uh, walking about naked from his guitar that dripped blood album before he launched into a blistering version of Born to Kill. Now, the Troubadour is where punk should be played, in a basement with the line between the band and audience blurred, because everyone else is on top of everybody. Uh, from where I was, if I had the devil in me, I could have just put my hand out and detuned Brian's Telecaster. Seeing his fingers... At close range, almost drunkenly, stagger across his fretboard with the strings vibrating unnaturally but still producing the most wonderful sound ever. I was propelled, bolt upright, muttering as my jaw swung open. King L. Uh, towards the end of the set, when the opening chords of I Feel Alright rang out from Brian's cab, I had to look and see if the ghost of Ron Ashton had descended onto the stage. Three songs in. Al from the Dirty Strangers joined the band to take on vocal duties for uh, Bo Diddley's Mama, Keep Your Big Mouth Shut, where he stayed right until the end of New Rose. If the 100 Club gig was a misstep, the Troubadour was a full-on strident success. <laughs> Touch a more time, good, not my time. 
Anyone can escape the fact that over here in the UK, we are in the midst of the run-up to a general election. Obviously, the leaders of all parties are pandering for our votes. Turns out, Boris Johnson, leader of the Conservative Party, is a fan of the Rolling Stones and, and, The Clash. I wonder if he's aware that Terry Chimes, who drummed on the band's debut album, went under the nom de plume of Tory crimes. Probably not. Until Sunday, take it easy. Put your neck on my bed 